Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Phonetics Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Kubo. Today, I have a very special guest, Lee Conley. Lee, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. I see. Lee is coming from this dark, like very grim, dark, you know, setting right now. So maybe it's, uh, you know, <laughs> that's just England, the background, regular old. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's burning. It's just my everyday. <laughs> that's funny. Well, I was saying before we got recording to Lee that I, you know, I, I have mine, and then I realized like, oh, I'm not home today. So my the lighting in this room, I'm at the college I, I teach at, and it's um. Yeah, it's just it's it just messes the whole thing up. So it almost it might be kind of cool. It almost looks like you know somebody's trying to you know um, explode you know bombs or something throughout the sky. So maybe it'd be really cool. it'd be a lot cooler with your background. I gotta say, but it's interesting. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on today. I know that you know I tried getting you on before, and then I had a child, and you know how it goes. Just like stuff happened. I had um, one too. It's uh, just been it's been yeah yeah. It's taken me a while to get here, so I'm glad I finally got yeah. around to uh, coming. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I've had your name for a long time, you know, and I've you know I um actually started reading both book one and book two a while back, and I had just been like had no time. I actually like went uh. Holly just mentioned you guys were you know, doing the uh, Anatomy of Theory anthology. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I have these books just sitting right there that I started a while ago. And my Kindle has just taken a huge hit lately. So I was like, I started going back through again the other day. Um, so it was really funny. But but yeah, so I'm, I, I'm glad that we could, you know, finally get you on and, uh, you know, talk about, you know, a lot of the great stuff that you've been, you know, coming up with. So I can't wait to pick your brain today. Um, I'll actually go right there with that first question, uh, which is one of my favorites. How... Sorry, what has your writing journey been like up until this point? Right, well, my writing journey has been a bit of a mad one, really, to be honest. Like, because I came from the music industry. I, I'm a professional musician for like 20 years. And then about oh, 2015, cool. I started writing, I was writing a guitar book at the time, like a textbook. And I just started writing, just started writing some stories. I've always done a little bit of writing for years and years and years, but just started writing it down. And accidentally, I kind of came up with what became Ritual of Bone. Um, so I didn't really have a clue what I was doing, you know, I was just sort of writing away. And um, so, and obviously when it came to actually releasing that and then publishing um, and editing that and stuff, but then obviously the steep learning curve begins and I realised, ah, oh, there's actually, yeah. there's a lot more to the just writing stuff down. Fortunately, I kind of stumbled <laughs> onto some, some, some pretty good bits, but some of it was a mess, you know, so, so it's definitely been a steep learning curve, but like steep in the sense of craft, you know, in like prose and stuff, getting my prose like really, really refined, which I've yeah, been working yeah. on a lot for the last like nearly 10 years now. And then obviously the publishing side of it as well. So the actual, you know, obviously I'm self-published. So I have to format all my own books. So I have to do my own covers and, and learning how to do that and handle everything. has been a massive steep learning curve, but fortunately has led on to me doing things like some of the collaborations I've done recently. Um, so obviously I've done quite a few um, anthologies. We'll talk about one of them in a minute. I know you want to talk about one. Um, yeah. I've started doing some audio book narration as well. I've got the English accent oh, and I'm cool. an, an audio engineer by trade. So it kind of makes sense to do that. And I'm going to start yeah. branching out, doing like formatting for um, authors as well, which is cool. Um, so, you know, like that steep learning curve is going to start paying off because it's going to like open yeah, up yeah. new areas for me, you know. But um, one of the big things, though, um, is on the craft side is actually the reason it's taken so long to get this book three done, which we'll talk about in a bit. But um, it's, I did a, I did basically had, had a kid and did a degree. So I've been spent the last three, four years doing a uh, writing degree, which I've now finished. Um, and that's sort of taught me a lot about how to write stuff as well. But I think now I've kind of found my rhythm. I've kind of, kind of you know, my like my routine, and I've kind of found my yeah. voice. And I, I know kind of what I like to do and what I can, I'm good at doing. And uh, but yeah, but I'm always improving. You know, that's why I did the uni thing because I'm always trying to improve the craft. You know, I've already published by the time I started it. But, um, but yes, yeah, so I've kind of had a bit of a weird, um, fun journey. Let's say it's it's good. No regrets. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, like having other skills. You know, I um I teach at like a, a, a basically like our it's like it's called P Tech. We do like technology, uh, manufacturing, design, things like that, production. And then I also teach social studies. So I have like a business class I have, uh, you know, that we do a lot of stuff in. I have a um, economics class. It's kind of like business of economics, teaching how to make websites, you know, how to get to, you know, certain markets. And it's basically everything we do as indie authors, which is kind of funny, you know, for the publishing side. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not quite sure what that is. I didn't see That was weird. Oh, I was saying all of a sudden my I think I reached my phone. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, yeah, but it was just interesting because we're we're doing a lot of really interesting things. I had a kid show me how to do some cool editing, you know, software stuff. I had some kids do some, you know, show me how to do some cool stuff on Canva, um, Adobe Express. So like you, I'm like trying to kind of expand some certain skills and you know, you never know. Maybe I, you know, try and do people's advertisements, you know, or something like that in the future. Um, you know, I love to do my own covers. <laughs> I used to do illustrating a little bit, stuff like that. So I think anytime, right, as a you know, an indie author, you know, it's really helpful, right? If you can, you know, just cut costs because you're, you know, you're, yeah, you know, it's either absolutely. you can do it or you're, you know, servicing out. So I think that's really smart, you know, in terms of your expanding your skills. But yeah, it's really cool. Uh, would you say, um, I'm just curious because, you know, you talked about being at uni and stuff right now. Like, so would you say, um, you know, that maybe you have slowed down a little bit because you're reanalyzing, you know, a lot of your craft um, or just kind of going through a checklist? I was just curious. Yeah, well, so as far as the Dead Sagas go, it definitely slowed me down, right? So I did the first book in like a year, a couple of years, actually. But, I, you know, it was like full steam ahead on that last year and pretty much did most of it in the last year. That was like 2018, something like that, 2019. Then I did Ritual of Flesh in another year after that. And then it's been three years and I've not released a book. I have been writing things though. I've done, I say, a ton of anthologies and stuff. So one of the things I've really focused on and like really refined is uh, short fiction. So doing like, you know, like it's really nice as like a palate cleanser just to like, I want to write a story about a submarine. I want to write a story about a witch. You know, they just things that are just a bit different to what like the main series is about. And so um, I've been really, really refining my, my short fiction, done like a, how many anthologies, like four, four or five anthologies, I think, quite, quite a few. And then, so I have been doing things uh, and I have been slowly beavering away with the um, with the Ritual of Blood, the third book in the Dead Sagas. But um, that is now full steam ahead. Now I've finished my degree and I've, I've been making some really good progress for that. So it should be good. should be nearly finished. So I don't recommend anybody writing a book while completing any degree. <laughs> because people yeah, it ask you all the time it's intense about well, I, did, I actually art. wrote i actually wrote a ritual of flesh in my first or second year i think it was oh, um, which was quite cool i don't know how you did it so but yeah, i'm, a, glut, yeah, I'm yeah. A, um, a glutton for punishment man. yeah apparently <laughs> apparently yeah i i i had two master's degrees for special education i had to do like back to back it's like a weird scenario so i had one i did and then i had to finish another one and people always ask me they're like hey you like had that book done right i'm like i had the draft one done i go it's horrible i was like you know and i don't want to I, it's almost like my baby, you know, so I'm like trying to get a couple other things out and done and then, you know, kind of go back. I kind of want it to be like my third or fourth book, you know, um, that I go into because I, I think it really deserves, you know, that time and energy and nurturing. But um, yeah, I don't, I tell people, like, I don't recommend doing it at the same time. <laughs> but, um, but it is interesting how you mentioned short fiction. Um, you and I are kind of, I think, doing, you know, similar things um, with my son. It's just like, I can't spend more than 
30 minutes, you know, in between his naps, you know, like writing. Um, so I've actually been switching to Kindle Vela stories. Um, and I've been working on a Kindle Vela series. So I too have been working on, you know, short fiction, you know, per se. Um, and I'll be doing my own anthologies later on, um, just with like Kindle Vela stories. But um, it's definitely different. Like it's it's its own cup of tea. So um, definitely feel like it has helped me overall, but I never thought I would get back into writing short stories or something shorter. Um, but yeah, it definitely, definitely helps to structure things differently. So I, I definitely yeah, recommend that to people. If you... They're a different animal, aren't they? And it's really nice to have, like, really are. to it's finish writing animal. your main project, then just sit down and write something else. And it's yep. just, it keeps the, the words flowing, which is quite nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, people always ask me, my friends, like, oh, did you finish this? I'm like, no, I kind of got stuck. And he he's, he asked me, he's like, have you a writer's block? I'm like, no, I just those characters aren't talking to me right now. I'm like, I, there's a problem I have to figure out. And I find that if I don't write, I never figure it out, you know? And then all of a sudden I lost like two months goes by and I haven't written something. So I, I write every day. I write just something, whether if it's, you know, a Kindle Vela story, I have several, um, whether it's, you know, a couple different outlines that I'm like really prepping, um, you know, or something like that, or just something random that pops in my head, you know, I'll do a, you know, pick art and I'll write a something about a character love D or fantasy stuff like you know your first cover always makes me think of a story that i had been working on for a while so sometimes i'll go and look at something like that you know or someone's book cover you know i'll type something but i just i have to have words down every day otherwise i just end up becoming a bum basically and don't get anything done for months at a time but yeah, yeah i like that rhythm going. Going. yeah ooh, that's a good way to put it too yeah 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 definitely that rhythm i agree uh, speaking of genres, uh, I'm curious at what genre or genres you currently write in and why. Okay, that's also an interesting question because um, it's hard to pin that one down, right? So I started out to write fantasy. I'm a big fantasy fan. You know, all the books I read for years since I was a kid have been fantasy books, you know? But I also watch, I'm, I'm a big horror fan. I watch all the horror movies. I go to horror conventions, you know, me and my wife are big into my horror so i started out writing this fantasy book and i accidentally just wrote a horror novel um and i didn't really really realize i was writing horror at the time uh, which was quite fun um but it's it's, it's horror what i kind of do is horror in a, a fantasy setting but in more recent years i've kind of moved into uh, historical fiction but i'll write historical fiction with a horror vibe so if you read my um my newer short story collection that's mostly uh, historical fiction a little bit of fantasy fiction in there as well but then the rest of it's all fantasy sort of low fantasy so there's not, not very little magic uh, it's just basically sort of people and how they deal with sort of horrors and then also there's the horror element which is fantastical but apart from that it's all the world is very much low fantasy and then i just sort of do terrible things to people in my books apparently so that's fun. <laughs> so i'd say yeah horror focused historical fiction or fantasy sort of um speculative fictions you know yeah, yeah. If that's a thing <laughs> well you know uh, we we make genres up uh, on here all the time i have a rome I, I it always bugs me there was a some history teacher and they uh have a uh a new paper that came out saying that the lost roman legion who was basically like their number two pick in terms of uh legions in the roman empire that like now there's evidence to suggest for one piece of paper that they weren't lost or killed or lo whatever that they just uh were moved to spain and were forgotten about and i'm like you're really gonna forget about lebron james sorry guys number two but uh it's just crazy to me that you would forget about your number two you know most powerful you know like section of your military or army um is, and legion it, it drives me nuts so i is that the ninth legion <laughs> is that the yeah, ninth yeah, legion yep, that yep, came into britain yep. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, yep. being yep. from around here, they're 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 a legion I I'm familiar with. But uh, yeah, that is a, there is a big mystery surrounding that. What happens to them? They reckon some people yep. think the the Picts and the Celts just decimated them and they end up disbanding. Yep. But there's a the Romans moved out of England, you know, and in Britain at the time yep. it was as 
as it was called. There was no England then. And, you know, it's very likely they just dispersed back into the empire, went home. A lot of them were auxiliaries and things. So there's a lot of fun stories, a lot of fuel that could be... Um, used for that particular yeah well my friend was like how how, he's like he's like how do you like that ending i'm like i go i don't like any ending and i'm like it's crazy to me i was like i and i I love fantasy and um and the fantastical side of horror i said i'm not much of a horror person but when horror is presented in fantasy or sci-fi i love it um so i'm not just a straight horror fanatic but like alien oh my god i love alien love predator um you know anything like that and richard lee byers i think does fantasy and horror better than most people on uh, i hit him on a while back and uh i love his books for forgotten realms or you know whatever his new marvel books like it's, he just does it really well um so i've been studying you know those kind of things for a long time so i was like well it'd be really cool to have them like the ninth legion you know get lost and um like encounter zombies essentially and then later on we just blame the pics <laughs> uh so i had, I, like I did that but yeah i created like <laughs> historical urban fantasy because i'm a history teacher and then i'm gonna kind of take a couple of the survivors spoiler uh but you'll know it when you read the back of the book that some might survive uh and i'm gonna do something with them and it's gonna be really cool but uh yeah i i but i, I make up stuff all the time because all these subgenres you know that we get now and i you know we talk about on here all the time in terms of just genre you know if you tell me fantasy or sci-fi even horror or something you know depending on what it is i'm like i'm in historical fiction mm. historical fantasy i'm like i'm in you don't even have to tell me the subgenre but some readers you know really want a particular thing um i'm not picky i just want something that's not no you know, i find them quite constricting <laughs> i find that yeah, if you specifically write to the rules of the genre it can be very yep. very constricting and, and it's yep. better to just have that freedom and like i never really thought about genre when i started out at all like it wasn't on my mind at all i just knew what i wanted to to do you know and then then people are like oh you're this you're that you're i've been in full dark fantasy i've been full all sorts of things it's like no nah, i'm not really none of them kind of fit perfectly you know but if you look at the ebb and flow of taste you know then in horror and fantasy it's it's, it's been around forever you know it's always been there you know yeah. you look at mary shelley you know the, the sort of godmother say, yeah. of, of sci-fi you know i mean yeah. it's always been there and then I mean, in the last, say, 10 years, it's been, it's been a big uh, grimdark hit. And I hear people saying on some of the forums that it's sort of going away a little bit. People are getting a bit tired of it. And I'm not seeing that, to be honest. But I think what I am seeing, it, it, Grimdark's still strong. Grimdark rocks. But what I am seeing is like this horror is, um, it's coming through in fantasy a lot more. I mean, if you look at some of, some of the guys I was working with on Skybreak, like Zamel, for example, he's like rocking the horror yeah. fantasy as well. There's a few of us doing this. It's very much, similar. it's all been done before, but it's similar stuff, you know, this sort of, Lovecraft. I mean, I'm big into this Lovecraft yeah. stuff as well. All my short stories are kind of like um, cosmic horror as well. So I get, oh, you know, I think Zamel stuff's fantastic. And like when you, I mean, there's a lot of it going on. There's a lot of it moving. Out. I think Grimdark's moving into the horror stuff as well. So it's going to be like some new, new subgenres created by people who like subgenres. Yeah, it's definitely yep. going that way. I think. So no, totally. Well, I was just talking. I'm totally forget. I wasn't talking about H.L. Tinsley about it, but like I think it was like two. I've interviewed so many people lately, but um, I was just talking to an author about this where a while back where we were discussing how what we just said is, you know, Grimdark was like, everything was Grimdark, right? Joe Amber kind of all of a sudden everything was Grimdark. And I'm like, people ask me about mine. I'm like, no, I'm like, some of my stuff, you might say dark fantasy. Some of my stuff, you might say fantasy with a, a little bit of a horror twist or horror elements. I'm like, other things might be considered, you know, somewhat Grimdark, but not full. You know, I'm not swearing all the time or whatever, you know, or you know, I, I like heroes winning, you know, and um, I like them to be a certain way, you know, to aspire to, not always to have the, you know, all the flaws or whatever, you know, um, I have some assassins sometimes, I have some paladins sometimes, you know, and 
Um, so yeah, I, I like you said, I, I like how you said that, like I find them restricting at times. And as a reader, I'm like, if you have a cool cover, a cool blurb, you know, when I saw, you know, your first book, I was like, I think it was right around that, time, right after you published it, it's been a while ago, like right before the pandemic or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is really yeah. cool. And it just had such, like I said, I've been writing something similar in my own fantasy world. And I was like, here's somebody that did this, how I want to do it, you know, in terms of cover, just the feel, you know, blur, everything like that. Um, so that really attracted me to it, you know, but as a writer, I like to write a lot of different things. And that's why, because I like to read a lot of different things. So I, I agree with that. I find genre at time and subgenres even to be restricting but a couple of people were saying how like they think grimdark is now coming over like a cheese grate and then here's the grate and all of a sudden you have all these little elements going into their own subgenres. and i was like that's probably true because now dark fantasy is becoming you know a huge thing um you know you get a lot of these subgenres from it so here's what i'm working on at the minute right so cozy fantasy is huge right now yeah and i'm not yeah, a big yeah. fan of cozy fantasy at all so i was like you know what i'll do i'm going to tease the cozy fantasy people i'm going to write a horror cozy horror I'm thinking like something like a clumsy necromancer pottering around trying to raise <laughs> zombies and skeletons, and it, but it's like very much horror. But yeah, it's also kind of has that cozy vibe. I, was like, I yeah, think that's yeah. going to be one of my look. Keep an eye out for that because um, that's going to happen. Oh, that's cool. Um, but it could be funny. Cozy would probably be gone by then. Yeah. But I, I thought it'd be a funny idea. I, I, I was so, sort of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's so much Terry Pratchettness in people, you know, and um, I, I know so many people that come on here. I, I gotta say, like season three, so many people have mentioned Pratchett, and so many people that want to do you know, something like that or bring in humor like he, you know, he has. And um, yeah, and I, I just think that, you know, between him and, and Neil and, you know, it just has created this whole, speaking of a subgenre, like I feel like, you know, Terry's created his entire subgenre himself, you know, and especially with how many books, you know, and just the, um, not even just the number, but just the quality, um, you know, when I read The Color of Magic, I was like, this is not my normal thing, but I was like, this is really cool. Um, and I like totally got, you know, why my friend bought all of them in one sale, you know, and like just wrecked them, um, you know, and just read them like crazy in like two weeks or something, something crazy like that. You know, like every time I saw him, he had a new Terry Pratchett in his hands. Um, but I, I think that's really cool. I had a guy artist that I saw um, do something for a friend and it was kind of like that. It was kind of like a, a dark sorcerer, but he was kind of like, you know, kind of like goofy, like Terry Pratchett, like humor with, you know, it. and he had this really cool, like Raven familiar. And I was like, that'd be cool to do like same that type of thing, fun. like kind of like a cozy fantasy. Yeah. And I'm like, that might be kind of cool for some people, you know, and he goes through his adventures and it's, you know, they're maybe not as high a stake as, you know, Michael R. Fletcher, you know, um, Blackstone Heart or something like that, but, you know, but just something a little cozy. And, you know, sometimes I like a, a little bit, uh, you know, depends on what it is my friend likens it to beer you know like sometimes he wants something you know like a guinness you know you know darker you know a different taste and sometimes he wants something light and you know, there's this whole you know spectrum of you know things that he can try and you know i'm like that he goes that's how i think fantasy and sci-fi is for me and i'm like that's a really good way of putting it i think you know and sometimes you just want a different flavor so i think that makes totally sense and i would totally read that so that'd be really cool all right so one of my favorite questions to ask people, <laughs> uh, what are your dead sagas about and how did you come up with this idea? Okay, so I like talking about dead sagas. I've even got a copy of it here Perfect. to show you guys. So um, awesome. Dead Sagas is a Norse-inspired fantasy horror. Or hot net, Norse-inspired horror fantasy. Horror is the big, the bigger one there. And it's basically a zombie horror. So it's a zombie horror set in this low fantasy world. It's kind of like a, a Norse-inspired, you know, it's not all Odin or anything like that. It's, they've got their own sort of... Um, gods and things like that it's a whole different world um and it's basically the story of the end of the world and it's how 
the characters deal with certain death, essentially. Um, so I mean, you mentioned earlier you like the heroes to win. Well, I like the heroes to die gloriously. That's why the heroes. <laughs> so and it, it, again, it's um, one of the things about armor, which I was going to talk about a little bit later, was um, how there's there's no plot armor. You know, like I will quite happily kill a character I've been working through for half a book and just, and everyone's like, what happened there? You know, well, like I'll just bring in new threads, and it, there's there's a lot of different you know, there's a lot of different people. It's not one small group of people where everything happens to. It's the greater story of, of of many eyes throughout the, sort of the world. You know, so like different. So there's a lot of like individual characters in one chapter and things like that. So it's quite fun. Um, it was kind of inspired. I love fantasy, as I mentioned. So I wanted to write a fantasy book, but horror is where. I mean, I love horror movies. I watch a lot of horror movies. I'm a big zombie fan, so I love all the zombie movies. Like I love. Like the Romero and you know all the the, mm. the so even the Walking Dead. I love the Walking Dead. I love all the running zombies. So I wanted to sort of mash together, sort of all my homage to all the different favorite things about zombies, and also I'm a big Evil Dead fan as well. So I love this sort of supernatural force idea, you know, that this Evil Dead kind of thing. Yeah. So that's kind of like the inspiration behind my stuff. But then take that and stick it in like Vikings, basically, you know, essentially, or Saxons. Sort of, uh, imagine Rowan from Lord of the Rings, but with zombies all over the place. It's kind of like do that all sort the time. vibe. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. That's just awesome. I I just love how you said you know you're paying homage to you know to all these other zombies and their creators. I just I think that's really cool. But again, you know, I think you you know you're talking about you know a different flavor of you know something that you enjoyed you know in terms of fantasy and you know I tell people I'm like if you like fantasy, if you like horror, well, you like horror more, lean into that, you know. And yeah. uh, I've had quite a few talks with different authors from and writers from our podcast, you know, group on Facebook. And, you know, I tell people, I'm like, I'm not writing anything for anybody other than myself. I'm sorry. Like, I write books. I love thieves. You know, I, I love rogues and scoundrels. I love seeing how they just get into trouble and, you know, seeing how they get out of it. And maybe they do something good. Maybe they do something stupid. And then it leads to something else. That's pretty much my Kindle Fellow series uh, in a nutshell. Um, and I just, I love, you know, just uh, buddy cop fantasy adventures. Uh, you know, like Paul S. Kemp does the Hammer and the Blade series amazingly well. Um, and I wanted to do something like that. I was like, oh, I really like that. So that's my Kindle Fellow series. I really liked, um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, just different things. Like Paul S. Kemp does great things. Um, you know, I know people, someone recently was like, oh, I really like this, like Robin Hobb. I'm like, well, then do that. I'm like, who cares? You know, I'm like, people love Robin Hobb, but Robin Hobb has only written so many books, you know, and I guarantee you those people want more books that are like Robin Hobb. So, you know, or have similar themes or whatever. So I think that was just really smart of you, um, you know, just to go with what you wanted, you know, to write and we're interested in. We talk about it all the time on here think some people are always stuck because they're just you know they're trying maybe to write to market too much or maybe that idea shouldn't be written to market and maybe they should just go with their interests. yeah i don't write to the market i mean a few of my horror writing friends it's quite a well-known uh phrase in the horror community that zombie books are dead you know but they're not at all there's a load of us writing them um but you know tastes come and go you know but i, don't, I honestly don't really care uh, that's what i wanted to do so and if i'm if i'm i've got to like the premise and the idea, if otherwise I'm not going to be bothered to sit and spend hundreds of hours writing about it, you know? So I don't really write for the market. I just kind of write and hope the market is uh, viable at the time. <laughs> sometimes yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, no. I don't do it for the money. Yeah. Well, that's what my friends, he asked me. I, I told him, I was like, he goes, well, if I write this book, and it was like a private conversation, he's like, if I write this book and nobody likes it, I'm not going to write again. I'm like, okay, well, that's opposite to me. He goes, well, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm just going to write another book. 
I was like, I'll write a book two, a book three, or I'll, if that doesn't work, I'll, I'll switch to, you know, I was like, I have endless ideas. My friend's always, he's like, you never have writer's block. He goes, I said, ever since I just started to write down ideas and then write outlines and I just keep going, you know, it's almost like a, he, he always jokes me. He goes, you're like a writer who has a machine gun pattern. You know, you just always have something new. You just keep going and then you keep going and it's kinetic. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I, I enjoy coming with those new ideas. And, you know, yours just sounded so interesting to me, you know, when I saw, you know, Ritual Blood, I was like, oh, it's really cool. And, you know, I, I love the covers uh, for both books. I love the premise. Um, I think I might have spent maybe three seconds looking at maybe your blurb. <laughs> I didn't look at any reviews and I just <laughs> Um, So I think as I think it was like I had book one and then book two, you're like, oh, book two is out. I'm like, I haven't read book one yet. Bye. Because <laughs> um, I just knew it was going to be my kind of thing, you know, because I you know love Stephen King and I, you know, I, I love zombies. I'm not the biggest Walking Dead fan. Um, other than the uh, the comics, I just was having trouble with the show uh, at times with season one. I think it was a life thing, but I love other zombies like 28 Days Later, you know, and uh, I, I always think they're one of the, I'm a Diablo 2 fan, die hard. So the zombies in there were some, and skeletons were some of the best villains and stuff. Uh, you could just hack through them. So uh, your book just made me think of the, the great times. And, you know, I had playing Diablo 2 in the basement and getting jump scared for some of the things in the game and stuff. So to me, it was just like pure nostalgia. Uh, when I started reading, I was like, this is like very similar to that feel. And, you know, I think it's because you had such good elements of horror, you know, and fantasy, which again, like I said, I'm a Richard Lee Byers fan. He does it really well. Uh, I've been doing it for, you know, for, for decades now. So I really enjoyed it, but I thought it was really cool. So um, I'm curious, uh, you know, in terms of just like overarching plot, um, just kind of talking, you know, about book three um you know did you have like sort of like an outline on how you wanted to do the trilogy or just kind of like write book one uh like most authors and then kind of find glean I guess you could say some some of those things that you want to expand to book two and then kind of from there have an idea of book three or did you have an idea from the start I was just curious I knew yeah I knew where I wanted to go with it so it was trying to folk funnel everything into that I didn't plot it out straight away I kind of like wrote a bunch of cool stuff that I liked and then kind of thought, oh, this needs a bit more structure, plotted a little bit to tighten it up, you know, and then uh, book two was quite well plotted. It's quite, quite complex. Um, and then book three has been quite well plotted as well. Um, but I kind of knew where I wanted to go, but there were a few details that needed tying up, which sort of held me up, you know, like how the stone men are going to be a massive part of the story. And they are uh, And book three, as well. yeah, you'll That's see cool. that. And, and just tying off all those loose ends in an eloquent way that makes every single thing I've mentioned be relevant. You know, and I was just like, I went and mentioned this in the first book and I don't really know what I was thinking at the time. And now I've got to think of a way of tying that in. So there was a few things like that that I had to do, but I think I've kind of tied it all off now and um, I'm just steaming what well, steaming through it now. So it's, yeah, it's, oh, it should be good. I'm excited about this next one, actually. It's going to be huge, yeah. but it's going to be good. Hopefully. <laughs> That's fine. People still buy it. <laughs> I'll still buy it. <laughs> I'll still read it. I always think it's funny though, because like people ask me, and I'm like, I, you know, I had like this one book I have. I'm like, I don't know how. I'm like, I have like you. I'm like, yeah, I have most of it thought out, you know. But there are some things where, you know, I'm like, oh, do I want to do a throwaway stuff because recently, like, I've noticed certain authors I've read uh, who should not be named traditionally published, um, but epic fantasy, um, and just do throwaway things. And I'm like, oh, is that going to be something for later? And you know, then they'll be like something that I thought that they could have used really well and they don't use it, but then something small and minute ends up being like super important. I'm like, oh, I just think that was maybe just pulled out of thin air. I don't know. It's just been bugging me lately. So I'm like, ooh, I'm like, if this is bugging me as a reader, I was like, I don't know if I can myself do it as an author, you know? Um, So I've been really like stepping back and 
I'm like self-published in indie, so I figure you know, I could take my time with things. Um, but like, yeah. you, like you said, you know, really well plotted. I'm like really trying to, you know, to, I'm not a good plotter, so I've been really trying to work on that. But so I'm jealous that you had those kind of things thought out and mostly thought <laughs> out in advance, uh, trying not to be a pantser anymore. And I think most people, you know, are, are kind of like that, at least when they, you know, first start. But. A blend of the two is great. I mean, I come up coming out with some really great organic ideas, just like having the idea of this, sort of, you know, where it needs to go, but you're not quite sure how it gets there. Sometimes some details are plotted, some details just like see what happens and ah, kind of work that way. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite cool. So I'm not a planster or a plotter. I just kind of, depends on the project you know it really does some of it's just like what happens here yeah and that i mean a fear i just sat down and wrote just see what see what yeah, happens. yeah yeah so which yeah, is quite, yeah. quite interesting especially for I, a I mystery it, yeah 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 no totally i always call it like uh people ask me if i'm one of the others i'm a great jedi i go right down the middle you know and sometimes i lean to the left sometimes i lean to the right depending on the situation or you know what's going on at that time but lately i've just been like rewriting my kindle bella series because i really want it well plotted because i want you to be like like if you read, I want to be like, oh, that's really cool. I actually, at one point, we'll have, you know, some zombies and things. Um, I have different horror elements. Uh, I found just some cool, you know, like I just went back and watched some really cool, you know, like Twilight Zone episodes and just different stuff, you know. And I was like, oh, that'd be really cool. You haven't really seen that. Talk about market trends, you know. And I'm like, haven't seen that in a while, you know, in terms of horror. So, you know, um, yeah, I just had some interesting ideas. So I was like, oh, maybe that'd be really cool to insert into, you know, the Kindle Bell series. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think anytime where you can, you know, just freeform, write At least with some sort of idea to me, I always get the best things that way. But again, I always tell people, you know, go what, you know, some people I know like to just hammer that outline and, and plot and plot and plot, but I personally find I never get writing then, And that never helps me. So, but again, I, I think, you know, go what, you know, but, um, when you're talking about, you know, just your, I was just curious, like moving into, you know, going from, you know, your books and you talked about anthologies, we just go into, you know, Anatomy of Fear anthology, um, you know, with H.L. Tinsley and the crew, as I'm calling them now. Um, and I was just curious at what your experience was like working with that crew on the anthology. Well, it's quite interesting. Well, I actually knew, I mean, um, there's, there's been a bit of a core team developing that. So, I mean, hey, um, Holly, H.L. Tinsley, she sort of spearheaded it. She, um, I worked with her on Skybreaker, um, which was a, a really nice anthology we did last year that. with a few other authors. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I knew like Jacob Sanix, or I've known him since the uh, my first dabble in SPFBO, like years and years ago. We've been friends for a long time, and, and there are quite a few other people on there um, we've been, I've been friends with. Um, and we just we we just sort of Holly got us together. We had this core team. So my job on that anthology was all the formatting, um, the cover artist Dawn Larder, She was fantastic, but I put all the covers together and did all the formatting and all the typography and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then we all, the four of us, me, Tim Hardy, Holly, and Jacob, we all edited it. We all had various roles and things. But I was very much at the in the in the core of, of the development of that. But it was really nice working with. I mean, a lot of my friends did it. There's a lot of writers. I really respect. Just looking at everyone's names on the cover here. I've got a. That's the. Oh no! Wait, there we go. That's the um, Kickstarter exclusive one. It looks awesome. And this one is the general release one, which is out in in a, a couple of weeks on the 16th of November. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was great to work with Zamel, for example, you know, a fellow um, sort of cosmic horror uh, fantasy writer. Um, Holly, I respect immensely. She's absolutely great. I loved her stuff in Skybreaker. So it was great to come back and work with her. I say Jacob. Tim, Tim's great. Um, you know, Lauren and Trudy and Bjorn is a good friend of mine as well. So it's basically, it was just like working with a bunch of friends. And, you know, Crystal Matar yeah, as well. It's, it's, it's a dream team. It really was cool. And um, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, it was really nice to work with everyone. Um, 
say some of them I had pre previous connections with, some of them when I had not, it was a good excuse to get to know them basically, you know, yeah, yeah. but it was a real pleasure to uh, collaborate with such a fantastic group of authors and we worked really hard on it and we've pulled it off and I'm really proud of what we've got. So um, if you get, when you get a chance to check it out, if you have already, but check it out, it's a, some really great stories. Every story is, you know, fantastic. So it's great. Except mine, mine sucks. I was going to say, I was going <laughs> to say, I just wanted to reference back to um, our previous episode um, with Ato Tinsley and, uh, oh my gosh, uh, BJ about like, um, will be a couple episodes before uh, uh, Lee here. Um, so make sure you guys check that out because we did talk a lot about the anthology. Um, they clearly had a great time working with all of you guys. Um, we talked a lot about that. Um, don't worry, Lee, they gave you zero credit when it came to, you know, the stuff. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> it was just so cool to see how each of you, you know, going back to, you know, when you were talking about, you know, just formatting and stuff for, you know, question one and your different skills. It was just cool to, you know, to see that you guys were each bringing, you know, your other skills to the table, you know, for the anthology, you know, instead of having to, you know, find a format or, or you know, something like that. So um, to me, that just like really made you guys from an outside perspective to me seem way more efficient because by the time, like, you know, Hallie told me about it and I agreed, I was like, yeah, no problem. You know, um, you know, I've had Crystal on before, you know, I was like, yeah, any, anything to help, uh, you know, fellow author. Um, and I really wanted to see, you know, like how your guys' anthology worked. And I had mentioned that, you know, the two I had tried, and it wasn't like anybody's fault, really. It just like might have been time, you know, timing, right? You know, before the pandemic was one, right after the pandemic. But I just had a more of an organized person and having things be willy nilly for the two. I just like pulled my story basically, um, you know, and I had had some different ideas for them. Um, but it just didn't quite work for me. But I said, I was like, with, with what they said about you guys and how you guys work together and what, you know, some of the things too that you guys did, you know, to make things more effective. To me, that really made me want to join the anthology team again. I said, oh, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe I'll be fine in an anthology. Maybe I just need to find the right team. Uh, so we did discuss that quite a bit. But it, to me, it was really cool to see, you know, like when a couple of you guys were mentioning it, um, when you guys went public with it, you know, versus end product you guys had and how quickly you guys did it. Some people are like way out there. I feel like Skybreaker though, right, was pretty quick for you guys too. I felt like that one was pretty to me, at the outside, it looked like it was pretty quick and efficient. So, I mean, Skybreaker was interesting. I, I mean, I'll just talk about that real quick. I mean, it's been out for a year or so now, and we were actually uh, nominated for a British Fantasy Award this year as well. We didn't win, but it was still it was really nice. So, basically, there was a uh, Nordic Press, uh, David Green and uh, Christopher Holtman and Derek. They worked for at the time. They worked for Nordic Press, and they approached me and said, "Lee, really like Richard Bone. Call all your friends and let's get." So we we, we all got together. I, I rang a bunch of people, and we we got. I put. The, I I was the Holly on that. One. I put the team kind of together. Oh, cool. and um. And the, me and Holly both come from, because of that, and, and, and this Anatomy of Fear, we come from quite a collaborative background in our anthology. So we don't just have a, we don't just work for a brief and then write a story. We all were exchanging ideas where there's crossover in a lot of the stories, in particular in Skybreak. I mean, there's there's like a whale in, in um, J.E. Hannaford's story that appears in my story. There's a boot, in, I think it's in Derek or Craig's story that appears. And, and there's, there's different things. It's like portals. There's different things that appear. So there was very much oh, a lot cool. of crossover. We worked after we'd written the initial stories. We then worked quite hard on um, making these crossovers happen. And oh, we've got an opportunity to yeah. put this in here. We could take that bit from so and so story and put them in this story. Mm -hmm. And so it's it became enmeshed um, much more. But yeah, we we put that together quite nicely. We actually worked with a publisher on that one. So obviously, Nordic Press are a small press, so we had a nice publishing team that did that. Uh, a lot of proactive authors involved in that one. So I, I just kind of. Put the team together and was like go everybody <laughs> and then the yeah, Nordic yeah. press guys kind of led, led really spearheaded that one 
and it was say it was and i think holly wanted to do something similar but with this whole um everybody part concept and the horror and stuff so it was really nice that she rang me and it was really nice to work with her again and yeah i'd happily work with any of those guys again in the future so yeah it's cool yeah yeah no it's awesome i just i don't know like like you were saying you know, when you guys are working together to me that just i was just saying last episode when we were talking to them um you know about the enemy of fear anthology i just was saying you know like I, I feel like if I had had a more collaborative group, I would have wanted to do it. Cause to me, I was like, Oh, it's one more thing I had to do on my own, you know? And it, it, it could have been like we said, you know, like a palate cleanser or taking a break from, you know, other books or stories or whatever and projects. And it would have been nice to, you know, get out of the cave, you know, so to speak. And, you know, and talk to people. That's why I do these podcasts, you know, is to get to learn from you and your experiences, you know, and kind of mm -hmm. see what's going on from your end, uh, my, my. things like that. But, yeah, my advice on that would be to get the core team together so where there's people in the team who can do everything without having to outsource it. So Skybreaker David did the cover, for example, and obviously we had the Nordic Press That's guys awesome, doing the yeah. formatting and things like that. Um, and Anatomy of Fear, you know, we had, we had everything was internal except for Dawn. She was the only person who was not an, an author. Everything else was done inside. It was saved us loads of money, uh, very cost effective. We got to use our budget. We had a obviously budget from the Kickstarter. We got to use that much more effectively and we got to spend more on decent artwork and things like that and and really like produce a really professional product at the end so it was very much worth getting people and getting the right people involved so people with the right skills um which is cool so it was nice to contribute so it was cool yeah yeah i just think it's such a good business model personally for an anthology so i'm definitely going to be thinking about that for the future you guys art was just really cool by the way like in the actual dorm was amazing you know, like, absolutely yeah like awesome 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 job uh for sure um holly was showing us the you know your guys is different you know um the beginning sections and the art things like that but yeah it was super cool so if anybody has a second i just would really love for you guys to check you know that out at least you know just how they put up their anthology together who did what um you know things that made you know your guys anthology more effective uh i just think that you know i've just had so many people ask me about anthologies recently and actually kind of started right after when you did skybreaker um oh, so it's just kind of I have a copy here. oh i love the cover hand on top it works that's skybreak yeah, yeah. So, I have to say, from so design, close to a British fantasy world. <laughs> uh, from a design teacher aspect, like I just love the cover, and I loved how you guys did the um just the lettering color and the design, and especially you guys' names at the bottom, like the title, the picture, it just flowed together so well. I mean, just the yeah, everything looked really good with it. So <laughs> yeah, full credit to David Green on that one. He was the cover maestro on that one. So he's secretly a bit of a good artist as well as the old Dave, but he's not just a fantastic writer. Yeah. He's, he's a man of many skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had him on a couple of times. And he's he's talked a little bit about that stuff, but I feel like he's a little bit more uh more humble than than he probably should be, but uh, you know, in terms of his skills. But I'm like, you're always doing something really cool. So, you know, maybe people want to hire out those skills. So he's one of yeah, I think that's my really more cool. prolific friends, absolutely. He's he's incredible. Yeah. Very he's, he yeah, just keeps awesome. He's, he writes something like a million words a year or something like that. He writs an awful yeah. lot. Incredible. Very impressive. Yeah. He's like, oh last time I think it was like uh our second interview he's like, yeah, I wrote some words this year, some books and things i'm like okay cool and then i like once he actually once i actually went and you know did the math i was like that's a lot of words <laughs> i was like some words so yeah it was really funny but i guess anytime somebody could say humble you know it's really good but it's always funny when i have him on but um i'm curious at what one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn as an author has been or it could even just be though know, just in terms of you know being an independent author okay well i mean publishing journey as i mentioned earlier um that you know, having to learn the formatting having to really learn the industry that's that's a hard lesson um 
one of the things, I mean, I when I first set out, I, I basically just wanted to write something for me. Wasn't really thinking about the money. I mean, money's nice. I mean, I do like the money. But um, it was all about, like, just doing it for me, really. And then finding a couple of other people that enjoyed it, essentially. So having readers' tastes was quite a hard lesson. So you'll get some people who, who absolutely love it. And then some people who absolutely really, really don't like it at all, you know. And it's um, I found that with SBFBO the first time I was in that, you know, it was... There's some that's some people really, really kicked me off to be honest. Um, and it was, I went out fairly early, but there was a lot, I had a lot of support from people who were like, Oh, this should have gone further, and a little bit of a minor, very minor controversy. But it was cool, it was really nice, and it really did me more good than than actually going through. I think it was, it was actually fantastic. But just having like when when you when you send it off to a reviewer and you really respect that reviewer, and they're like, I didn't like it, and it's like, Oh, fair enough, thank you, you know. And then someone else is like, I absolutely love it, and it's like. You're kind of getting used to that was a bit a bit hard. I wasn't expecting anyone to like it ever at all. So having then you know once people start liking it, you're like, oh, this is cool. I like this feeling. And then when people say it's bad, you're like, oh. So try not to listen to the reviews too much. Um, and the what you get the odd one star or you get the odd five star and things like that. It's it's uh, I try not to um try to let it wash over me now. But at first I was like, oh my god, someone's giving me a one star. I hate this. They they hate this, you know. And I was like, oh my god. Um, but it's it's. I think taste, you've got to get used to people's taste, I think. And that was that was a hard lesson in a way, because obviously coming from the music industry, I should have learned that, to be honest. But for some reason, I was, I was just kind of doing it. Right? I didn't expect yeah. anyone to buy it. I was really surprised when it kind of took off, to be honest. So I was just like, well, this is cool. But then, yeah, <laughs> then, then the more people read it, the more negative feedback you get as well. So it's like, yeah, it yeah, comes yeah. in pass and parcel. Um, but yeah, super grateful to everyone that has enjoyed my books. And uh, yeah, and I will keep writing some more. And uh, yeah, and I'm super grateful to people that didn't enjoy them. Just for checking them out anyway. So thanks yeah. to everyone. It's all good. Sam, so, yeah, pretty chilled about it all. But, but yeah, that was an impossible <laughs> hard place. <laughs> I, I think that's a really good one, though, because I think I, I see a lot of newer authors, they're like, count every star and get upset or try. I'm like, triumph, sure. But I'm like, somebody read your book either way, you know, or exactly. bought it or rented it or did a Kindle, whatever, you know. I'm like, whatever, you know. I'm like, and I just want to remind people, there are people that will rave about Brandon Sanderson or Patrick, you know, or whoever, you know, Steven Erickson. There are people that hate those people, you know, and will rave about how they hate their writing. Uh, you know, so even the biggest names like Brandon's over there laughing, counting his money and, you know, selling all the books on Kickstarter and, you know, and Barnes and Noble or whatever. And he doesn't care. Um, you know, he's only worried about, you know, like you said, like what he wants to write and, you know, maybe yeah. a little bit more now to, towards audience, well, you know, interest and things, but. The, the way I look at it, and obviously things have been growing steadily over the last couple of years, which is nice. It's really, really, it's an honor. But um, the more well-known you end up getting, and I imagine when you get to their level, you're very, very well-known. You're a household name. You know, you've become very polarized. People either love it or they hate it. And it's just felt like it wash over, you know. And at the end of the day, they still bought the book and they paid you the money. So when you look at it from a business point of view, it doesn't really matter. All all, yeah. all um, publicity is good publicity, isn't it? As they say in the biz. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I even had somebody, you know, I had a friend who their book was talked about recently. And um, well, I guess we won't talk about that because I don't know if they want me to talk about it. But uh, let's just say like I, I said, a friend, um, his um, ex-girlfriend's UFC fighter, right? Well, she has taken a break, had a child. She was in a video recently about this other UFC fighter. But at the same time like it didn't necessarily make her look amazing or whatever they're trying to make this other person look really good but i was like either way though she's in the video you know with mm -hmm. this other person and 
they're everybody's spreading it and stuff. So I'm like, all of a sudden people are like, oh, who's that person? If they go to her page or whatever, they might go check out her other fights or they might go to, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, it's helped her either way, even though the video, the way the person set it up, wasn't trying to, you know, they're trying to make her look like the bad guy in the fight or whatever. But like, you know, mm -hmm. People know Mr. T, you know, in terms of Rocky, you know, they know Clubber Lang, you know, <laughs> and uh, Darth Vader is a pretty big one, you know, so you don't always have to be, you know, the good guy in it. And I, I, I think, you know, with stars, it's the same way, but I don't know. My thing is when I checked out your book, I, like I said, I looked at cover, you know, um, I like design. So I looked at the design. I looked at, you know, the cover itself, blurb. Um, I look at, reviews maybe every once in a while just to see what somebody says if i want to have somebody on um to ask something interesting but reviews for me are never going to make or break me you know from buying a book i buy so many books from new authors indie authors where they have maybe four or 12 reviews i'm like i don't care yeah you know like you know what i mean i've enjoyed them you know and you might be the ground floor of the next you know you know winner of a major contest you know um like marks or you know anybody else you know so i don't know it's it's always interesting to me. I'm like, if you want to read something, I think read it. But yeah, as an author, I tell people, I'm like, I just don't care about ratings. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just write something else, you know, or, um, you know, just try and do better next time. But I think you could always take, yeah. you know, what somebody says. I would more listen. I'm just saying, like, as an author, like, I would more send something to you or, you know, like a chapter or something. And I'm going to listen to you or like Mark Timoney, you know, and I talk quite a bit. Um uh and Arez and I are friends so I've sent her some Kindle Bella stuff so um you know she's giving me feedback I feel like I'd listen to my you know author friends more than I would reviews but well anytime anytime yeah but yeah I say that, that just to sort of circle back I thought that was a, that was a bit of a mad one because yeah like sometimes people are emailing me or shouting at yeah. me on social media like book three and um yeah it's, it's quite mad it's 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 kind of funny um but it's uh, yeah it's, it's I wasn't expecting that I wasn't expecting people to care so that was a, that yeah, was a bit yeah. mad. Um, so I suppose that's my hard lesson. People, some people might be careful what you write. Someone actually might care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. <laughs> Which is cool. Kind of like be careful what yeah. you wish for, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I never thought of that actually. That's that's actually a really good one. No one said that yet when I've asked them that. Um, I do it every couple of you know interviews, and I'll kind of switch it or something. But nobody's actually has said that in terms of reviews or just you know in terms of yeah, like actually getting attention. Because we all want it as independent authors, but then once you get it, yeah, like you know, yeah, be careful what you wish for. So I think mm. that's a really good answer. For the most part, yeah. For yeah, the yeah, most yeah. part, it's, it's good. It's good, but yeah, the, the other thing is a bit surprising. But yeah, 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 that's funny. Uh, so I was curious at what has been your greatest success as an author to this point. Okay, so a couple of things that I'm quite proud of, you know. So I'll tell you about. Um, this year, as I, I think I mentioned just very briefly, uh, Skybreaker got um, nominated for a British Fantasy Award uh, in this summer. We didn't win, uh, which which was a shame, but it was an absolute honour to be um, to be nominated. Uh, so that's my that was actually my second award, my first award, which I've been super proud of for years. Is um, I won what was it called? I wrote it down. It's called the 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 Reader's Corner Award at Fantasticon, which is a small UK. Um, oh wow. Um, convention and they were having like a zombie themed convention so they got they invited me down and i was cool. like it's cool i have my table and stuff and i was signing books and things and then they were like they called me over to the stage and were like oh you've, you've won this best debut and i was like wow that's amazing so that was really cool that was one of the things that really um kicked me into um propelled me into keeping going you know and i was like oh, you know did something right which is cool yeah, um, yeah other than that um, I'm always quite proud of Ritual of Bone in the sense that uh, it's been a bestseller, number one bestseller twice, which is uh, that's quite oh, cool. cool. 
Um, and other things, uh, so I had to write a few of these down because uh, no, 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 I always forget things. When people ask me, I'm just going to read it. Um, Bard of the Isles magazine, which I set up um, with uh, Damian Larkin and uh, Phil Parker a couple of years ago, really proud of that. That was really cool. Um, it was nice to be sort of uh, part of a community, and uh, we did. We tried to do a lot for the British and Irish writing community, and so that, that was really nice. So I was always proud of the work we did there. And then that that all kind of led to all these collaborations. So being invited on all these uh, anthologies recently, and uh, so it's not and my novels as well. It's it's all kind of fed into being invited on things like Anatomy of Fear, which is which is really really nice. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's cool. A few a few little minor proud moments. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just think it's good personally, like, you know, to talk about them. I'm, I'm a coach as well. So, you know, we always talk about things and it's always great to talk about, you know, things that we need to improve on or whatever, you know, but I think it's also really good for indie authors, you know, to see other indie authors. I just think it's so cool when you guys were nominated. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I think that was one of the first things I put in the podcast group, um, you know, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I was like, you know, yeah, I should, you know, and there were other things that, you know, people have given me too, or, you know, who have been on the podcast, um, you know, where they're like, hey, can you guys go vote for this? And, you know, like JCM Byrne had something like that. And, yeah. you know, I'll share any of that stuff, you know. Um, so I just think it's so cool, you know, to, you know, like, you know, this this recently, uh, you know, SPFBO, like, it was just cool to see, like, Michael and Mikel, you know. Um, I just had him on, you know, uh, HC Newell. Like, there were just so many people that, you know, like Rob, of course, Jay's. Um, but there's so many people, you know, that we've had who became a semifinalist, you know. Mm joshua scott edwards you know or who made it just further than they did last time or you know what i mean it's just i don't know if it's the teacher or the coach in me but i'm just like yeah you know good job guys um but i just yeah, think I mean, it's fun to celebrate other people's successes spfbo in particular has been like crazy the last sort of what seven years or something like that eight it years really it's really has yep. it's done so much good for the indie community it's really upped everyone's game and like even people who i mean i went out early um, the, the reviewer who read mine hated it. They, they absolutely hated it. Um, but it was tipped to go through to the uh, semi-finalists. Everyone was like, oh, that's going to get through in that group. And then when it didn't, everyone was like, oh, what's happened here? Um, so that, that, that actually, that little sort of, all the support that everyone then gave me from that propelled my book more than it would have been from a semi-finalist. Wow. So I, I'm actually really grateful that happened. So it was yeah. kind of like, yeah, it was good. So even if you don't get through, so many really, really good books get cut from that competition. And it's really nice to give them a platform and people still people still read them. And SPFBO has been yep. a very, very good thing. Um, for, you know, even if you don't get through or you don't win in the end, um, it's, it's been a fantastic thing. So I, I hope, it, hope, long, long live SPFBO. Definitely. It's my favorite day when they release the, like the 300, as I like to call it. Um, and they'll do it, you know, 50 people, like in 25 or 50 people in sections, and they do it on Twitter. And it's my favorite day because as a podcast person, I go through that list. And, you know, if it's you, you and I are already connected on a lot of social media. Um, but if, you know, if it's somebody I don't know, I mm. follow that person instantly and I just start sharing stuff. You know, every time they have something, I'll share anything. about. So it's my favorite day because the whatever it is now, X algorithm is sorry sorry elon if you're listening it's horrible uh the writing community <laughs> did such a better job four years ago anytime hashtag writing community twenty one thousand people would see your post instantly you know no matter mm. what you did you know and, and we were all connected i don't see anything like you would think that you know half the people you know left or something or whatever but even the people that are there still that you know you think i would see those people more often and you know i don't see them now you know and so oh. that the contests and things like that are the only ways you know that i get new people now and i'll try and search for people but unless i search for your twitter individually i don't get 
set a lot of authors anymore, you know, or even artists mm. or editors, you know, voice actors, things like that, audio narrators. So I, that's my favorite day because all of a sudden I'll probably get like, you know, 150, 200 new authors, you know, that I've never connected with before. And then it allows me to get new guests on here or make new friends or whatever. So I totally agree. Well, so I, must admit, I just want people to know I see it and I just, I use it right off the bat. So, yeah, I mean, I must admit, I go through the list when it comes out. I'm like, I, I look for my friends' books, basically. I look for all my books. So-and-so put so-and-so in, that's cool. And I look through my, and I'll, I'll be like, oh, I wonder if they're, what group they're going to be in. And I usually tip <laughs> my friends to being like, I hope they win that group. I hope they win that group. And then who's it going to be? My friend versus my other friend. Exciting stuff. <laughs> then every now and again, you see some really, really cool books. You see some amazing covers. And it's like, and I go add them as a friend and just sort of follow them and stuff. And it's expand the network, you know, but take a chance on some of those unknown books. So, so it's, it's, I yeah, yeah, totally yeah. get what you mean. You actually get to find them. Spend too books. much money that day. Where else do we see them? You know, where else do we find these? Yeah, because so, you know yeah, no one's following them until they get big so it's, it's yeah, a really yeah, good yeah. platform to, to find new people and find new friends because it's all about having yeah yeah <laughs> i just thought it was so cool there, there there's one i'm totally blanking who was but there's one cover where i i saw it like right around when this contest had just started and i was like oh that's kind of cool i'm saying that person had like 12 reviews right and now they're a semi-finalist and i'm totally blanking on who it is um because I'm really old and I can't read that small, but I know I have them on Instagram. I know we're friends on Facebook. I actually invited them to our podcast group on Facebook. I'm pretty sure they joined. And I just think it's so cool that then, you know, like six months later, whatever it's been, eight months later, you know, now they're a semifinalist. And, you know, even if that's as far as they got, like, that's really cool, you know? And I know for a fact, their reviews got up to like 300 or something like that, you know, and that's like their first book, you know? Um, and to me, that's just like, it's just super cool that, you know, you could, you could see that, so... Yeah, I agree. It's I really feel like it's it's helped the community. We've had so many times where, you know, like if I try and share this interview on Twitter, you know, as a link, they will block me for the next, you know, or X or whatever. They'll block my post for like the next six months. Uh, so it really has. And I used to get a lot of views for us and get your guys's products out there through Twitter, you know, um, and now I can't. So now I, you know, I need new ways of doing it. And, you know, mm -hmm. Facebook's hard with the algorithm. Instagram's hard. TikTok has reduced it, you know, 200. I, I'll share, you know, when this comes out, I'll share your covers and, you know, the anthologies, you know, Skybreaker, things like that, uh, Anatomy of Fear. And then I'll, you know, put your author photo, podcast. And I used to get like, you know, maybe 750 to a thousand, you know, people see it or whatever. And now it's, you know, it's just that 250, like every time for book talk and stuff yeah, like that, I'll try new things, but that, you know, it's an ever holding thing. I think helps, social media. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. but I think the thing. contests, you know, just, and there are some other ones too, right. That aren't nearly as big as, you know, marks and stuff, but like are getting there, you know? So I think anytime, mm -hmm. you know, that you can support those people, like I said, I spent way too much money that day. My wife, I'm like, Oh, she's like, why are you in such a good mood? I'm like today is the first day of SPFO. And she's like, Oh God, like there goes 50 bucks. And I'm like, at least, you know, so I usually um, save a Kindle gift card from the holidays or something for that time. Ah, very um, wise. Yeah. Very it's wise. my, it's one of my favorite days as a, you know, fantasy and sci-fi podcaster. So I love it um but yeah that's a great uh a great uh plug in there for for marking them um uh so if anybody hasn't checked out that contest just you know make sure uh you know you do that and you know anytime just want to remind you guys to just uh you know review those indie products uh helps out our audio and voice actors as well that we've had on recently um editors you know cover artists all the people that work you know on everybody's products so um but those that's a really good one there lee that you shared those are some great ones i love that you had multiple ones so i think that's good because sometimes i ask people they're like oh i don't really know what goods happened lately you know or, or something 
um i just talked to an author about this recently on twitter i was like hey they were like kind of down i was like hey remember when you first approached me you know in terms of being on the podcast i was like um you know i was like you know your book hadn't even come out yet and now you know they have been doing really well uh they sold more on book two and three i think it was like three times book one and book one ended up doing pretty well eventually uh so you know it's just cool to you know to see that development so i think it's good to focus on the positive guys I always yeah exactly yeah anytime right mm-hmm. otherwise why do a thing you know yeah, well, it keeps All you right. going in the dark days, you know, when you're like, I oh, should I, should I never write again? And you think, actually, that <laughs> thing happens. I'll keep going. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's also for me, podcasting, like, I, like, I'm such, like, you know, <laughs> like a parasite. I, I, I'm, i like, struggling through some things now. I've had some things slow down, um, financially especially, so I have to be really keen on, you know, like, what I'm doing and, you know, be really particular about products. So hearing, I haven't had anything come out this year and I was supposed to have three books and Kindle Bella series and three novellas. And then we had some stuff happen and um, it just didn't happen. Um, my wife broke her foot twice, uh, same foot. So with our son, it was just been just super hard. So, you know, I haven't gotten nearly as much written. So my production's down. So, you know, talking to a lot of you authors, you know, and just, you know, seeing your guys' successes, you know, it just keeps reminding me that if I just keep going, I will have, you know, similar successes um, or at least, you know, still get to talk to you guys or something like that. And just being part of the community for me has always been really cool. So I think that, yeah, like you said, you know, focus on the positives, but, um, I'm curious, what is one thing you've created in your dead sagas world that you are most proud of? You know, or if you want to do several. Yeah, I probably will. I probably will. Cause I hate, I hate nailing into one thing. Um, things. I'm a teacher, I'm so I apologize. You know how it is. You just go into no, that teacher no, no, box it's sometimes. All good, it's, all good. <laughs> it's all good. So one of the things I was particularly proud of um, was the, sort of the atmosphere and the emotion, and particularly in the first book. You know, I tried to continue that in the second book, but like I really stumbled uh, completely by accident, stumbled onto this like really atmospheric thing. And that's one of the things people always come back and tell me, like it was really atmospheric and, and um, there's a lot of emotion, in, and particularly in the second book, that's where I really ramped up the emotion on that. You know, like I, I, I thought, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen to me? I'm going to do that to that guy. You know, and then it's like I really tried to sort of hit you, no, no, um, no holds barred, kind of punch you in the guts type thing. So I, I, I think I like to think I did that quite well on, on that series. So the, the atmosphere and the emotion. Um, I really like, I love them as zombies, as I mentioned earlier. So the dynamic between the, the dead and what's called the cursed in my books. So you've got the, the slow walking zombies. You've got the, the fast running infected sort of cursed thing that then turn into zombies. You've got all the, like, I wanted to cover all the bases. Um, and then when I came up with that um, mechanic, I suppose, that concept, um, I was like, yes, this is exactly what I need to do. Now I can have both kinds of zombies and I can throw in sort of evil dead possessions and things like that in there as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the way that I blended that, um, I, I think I, I just purely selfishly, I think oh, I've got everything in there that I wanted to get in there, you know, um, and the fight scenes. Now, I'm, I don't know if you know, but I'm a historical martial arts instructor. So I'm like, a I do soldier. know that I'm always so jealous of you because uh, they closed ours <laughs> after the pandemic and they haven't reopened it yet. No that's so upset. Oh, no way. That, that's, well, I hope they will are open awesome. soon. Thank yeah, you, thank yeah, you. Yeah. I, say, I, I find a lot of tournaments and, and and I teach a lot of different longsword style. And I like to, I do like all axe work and, and spear work. And a lot of the weapons of the Dead Sagas are axe and spear. And there's particular fight scenes that I quite, I'm quite proud of because they're very accurate. Now, you know, when you see uh, the big fantasy sword fights and it's like, oh, he falls on the floor and it's like a 10 minute fight scene. They're sadly <laughs> completely unrealistic. Sword fight lasts about 30 seconds. And it'll be one move, 
It might get countered and parried, and then the third one will definitely kill. It's usually over in like ching ching, two moves, sometimes one, sometimes if it's a good one, three. So sword fights are very fast, and um, axe fight, any kind of fights, it's it's a very brutal affair, um, and they're, they're usually quite quick. But for the for the reader, they want to read this longer, the fantasy sword fights. So, you know, you cinematic. Know, yeah. bit, I like to keep mine quite um, quite like quite brutal, you know, and that leads me on to one of the other things I I, I quite like about the Dead Sarks in particular is there is no plot armor. So you could be like, in the middle of this a really epic fight and all of a sudden one of the main characters could just die like that really pointlessly because that's how things happen, you know? And then that sort of really the, the character, the plot then ends, ends up reeling. Like how do we deal? How does the plot of the book deal with like yeah. big characters dying? Um, and I, I think that's funny. I like doing that. I'll, I'll kill everyone. So, <laughs> so, so realistic fight scenes with a real cold, Quick brutality. That's um, one thing I quite I quite like how that kind of came across, and I'm going to try and continue that in in the next ones. So yeah. Well, I, I just have to say, at least <laughs> speaking of reviews, so the ones that I did see, um, somebody was like, "Oh my god, they like they're like, it's like uh, George R R Martin's twin or clone or something like that or mini me." Uh, so that one was really funny. Um, and then I don't know if it was in the Facebook group or what, but I was like a podcast group for us, but I was dying. Like I, I don't know if it was Alan or who I thought that was the funniest review uh, for you. Um, but I did see quite a few people, you know, um, who have shared, you know, um, you know, I, I don't know if it was book two, but like, you know, just like, like you said, like, just like you're, I, I had a lot of people liking you, the way that you created this environment and just the feel of your world. Um, really liking it to like hm long um uh like she does such a great job too so um and i would agree like you guys have a very similar style in terms of just you can almost like taste the environment if that makes sense i don't know if that makes sense but like yeah, that's how i feel, feel like real. i feel like i'm you know yeah it, it feels very yeah. real like i feel like i am at the place you know and for both of you guys it's really cool and both of you have like you know the same type of like kind of like nordic you know inspired roots and things mm -hmm. like that but i would say you both like nailed the the mood you know and and that and those roots um and have like you know really cool you do both do very different things from there but you know just it just feels so real um you know the sights the sounds the smells um you know it feels like it's an environment that you can just like step right into and as a fantasy reader and just a reader in general i just love that people ask me like why do you read so much fantasy sci-fi and you know historical fiction whatever i'm like i just want to like go somewhere different you know i'm like some of the stuff that you know you got to deal with as a father or as a human or, you know, as a teacher or whatever, just aren't fun, you know? So for me, it's just nice to get to go and do that escape. So I would say you're guys, escapism you're, thing, isn't it? that escapism, yeah. you guys are really good at that. And it, it just feels real. Um, you know, you stress me out a lot. Um, and you know, in terms of book one, I got to say, um, which is fine because <laughs> you meant to, but you stress me out a lot. That's the idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 So I just want you to know what's working. Um, so if you guys want to be stressed, Go read Lee's book. <laughs> books. Um, but yeah, but yeah, done done very well. But I gotta say, yeah, just like in terms of atmosphere, uh, I'm like, I'm always like, how can I do this like these guys? You know, like how can I make you know this city feel more real, or how can I, you know, like really, you know, just you know, add to that escapism. So I would say that that's something that you know I felt, you know, that you guys do really well. But yeah, um, it was really cool. But I like those that you mentioned, those are all really good ones. So um i know we're wrapping up on time here but i want to make sure you know that we talk because you said you know you had quite a few things we talked about a few things that you've had going on but you know you got quite a bit so 
I want to make sure yeah, we I made a little time list. to mention everything. Yeah, I want to make sure we got time to mention everything. It's really like perfect time right now. Uh, but you know, do you have any um, news updates, current projects, things like that that you can share with us before we head out? Yeah, this is the other thing that I wrote down before we came on because I say I always forget <laughs> what I'm supposed to say at the end. Right. So, as mentioned, we've got the Anatomy of Fear. Uh, that is the Kickstarter release is, is out. People should be receiving their books right now. You should hopefully see posts on the internet, people reading it. But the general release uh, for this copy is uh, November 16th. So that should be out in two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Two weeks. So awesome. Um, now, I'm going to leave the best one to last. The other one is last month I released a short story collection. But it's, I don't have a copy of it because it's, it's only on Kindle. It's a Kindle only. Mm. And it's Once More Into the Dark. Um, but there is going to be an audio book, which I'm narrating. Um, that's going to be out. Oh, that's cool. A couple of weeks time. It's, it's, it's wrapped up. I'm just finishing off a bit of editing and then you have to upload it. And it takes a couple of weeks to go through. But the audiobook for uh, Once More Into the Dark should be really soon. Um, but yeah, go check that one out. It's it's, 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 on, it's actually on, uh, usually quite cheap um, as well. So it's only, it's only a little book. It's like a novella length. So yeah, so Anatomy of Fear and Once More Into the Dark. Now, the one that everyone keeps asking me about is uh, the third book of the Dead Sagas, uh, which is A Ritual of Blood. So I don't know if I showed you these earlier, but we've got book one um there and we got book two i love that that cover uh they're both awesome but i love book one yeah i don't know which one i like most yeah i don't know which one i like most um it's really really awesome um i was lucky to get some good artists on that and um, i haven't got a art for the third one i'd like to be able to show you the art. i haven't got that but um that is well underway so um i was involved heavily in um national novel writing month um and got a big chunk of that done um, and it should be pretty much wrapped up by the time this airs. If not, it will be in a couple of weeks, uh, either side. Um, so that's going to be, that's coming real soon. I finished my degree, full steam ahead on the th third book. It is going to be a big book. Um, it's going to wrap up everything in, in the Dead Sagas um, for the main series. There might be some other little spin-offs, like single novels about various things. If there's any characters left alive by the end of it, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that one that one's gonna be with you guys to 2024. So that should be finally. I know you've been very patient. Thank you for being patient. But um yeah, virtual <laughs> blood will be out soon. So good news. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> that is good news. And I, I'm sorry I was looking down because I had to add uh once more into the dark uh to my uh shopping list for Amazon. But that that's a really <laughs> cool cover by the way. Did you do that yourself or I did actually, yeah. That's I did. So I didn't I usually cool. use an artist and do my own topography and design and things like that um, for like the Dead Sagas, for example, or for Anatomy of Fear, for example. Um, once more in the dark, I actually had a go myself. Um, it's not the best cover, but it is. I like it. I think it's cool. It's it's very it's very I much like fitting and the the mood for the for the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, it totally, deals yeah. a lot with death. So death is a theme of mine, I think, as an author. Um, so yeah, <laughs> but skull is a good one. But yeah, if you get a chance to check that one out, it's um, I think it's six short stories. A couple of them have been released before in various other anthologies. Um, but there's some of them are brand new, um, and there's some like historical fiction in there. It's yeah, it's, I I really like some of the stories in there. So some of the stories are from my university um, final degree pieces. So they're like yeah, they're they're pretty good. Hopefully, um, so check them out, please. It's <laughs> awesome. Well, now I'm so glad because now I know who to talk to when my Kindle Vela uh, series, once I publish them, once the rights revert back to me, uh, so I'll be saving for some super cool 
Conan the Barbarian esque, um, uh, uh, you know, covers for for those. Um, so now I know who to talk to for formatting and things. Yeah, so give a shout anytime. That's good to know. So yeah, that's no, awesome. Uh, well, Lee, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we just want to remind our audience you could find um, Lee's socials um, and his book links in the description anywhere where you are watching or listening to this audio podcast. Um, so you guys can go right there if you're new. Glad you know that now. Those of you that have been around for a while, you know what to do. Um, Lee, thank you so much for coming on. You know, we're, you know, connected on like almost every social media platform. But, uh, you know, if there's anything I can do in the meantime between now and, you know, February when this releases, uh, please let me know. Um, if you, you know, send me the, you know, once in the dark link and I'll share that all over. Um, anything awesome. else you got? Um, Anatomy of Fear, when that comes out, I know that, you know, we've already talked about that. Um you know, with some of the other authors like Holly and things like that. So I'll be sharing that like crazy. Uh, but yeah, if there's anything else I can do, you know, in the meantime, you know, or for book three or something like that, you know, just let me know and I will get it out there, my friend. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for inviting me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hey. Fi- thank you for finally getting here. So thank you. I kept um, putting your name down on the list and I, it was like, <laughs> it's there. There's a couple of people like you where I'm like, I got to get them on. So when I was talking to I, Holly and, you know, BJ, I was like, I got to go back to Lee. So I was glad that we it was on my, it, it's been on my out. list ages. It's been on my to-do list for ages. My, like, it's like a huge long thing. And I was like, I need to go. Oh. And get on there. <laughs> That's what happens when you go to uni. You know, you have a kid, and then you're trying to, you know, do this and that. And yeah. you know, I think, I think in that time, I was finishing up a master's, started a whole nother one, and finished. And then a pandemic happened. So I totally understand. It's it's been a long it's time so, coming, but I'm so glad that yeah, I'm so, you know we can have yeah, you I'm on. Glad. And, and, yeah, so glad awesome. to come come in finally. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Well, I will talk to you on social media, of course, like always. Like I said, if there's something you need, just let me know. But other than that, I hope you have a great rest of the evening. And, you know, I will talk to you soon, my friend. You too. Thank you very much, Daniel. No problem. See you later. See you later. Bye-bye.